Welcome to BP Leadership. Today you are going to hear an incredible lesson from Bill and Pastor Bryn as they tag team trusting God through the transitions. Now, let's dive into part one to see what they have to say. Today I've got with me somebody who we have experienced real transition together, and I know him well. He's my son, Brent Purvis. Brent's the pastor now at Cascade Hills Church, where I pastored for 36 years. And during that time, I had no clue and no idea that he would come along and he would follow me and, by the way, do an outstanding and even a better job. So today's going to be a wonderful experience for us to talk about transitions. We're going to tell you about some of what we've learned and also from the life of Elijah and Elisha in the Bible, some principles that they teach us. So let me say today, welcome. Brent, glad you're here. And I'm excited to be here with your dad and love being with leaders. And so love that we are here and able to do this together. Uh, and um, I'm pretty tired. Let me ask you before I jump into the content, was pastoring uh, always this difficult or, you know, or is this just why in this you, day and time? Why do you think I transitioned? I said, who will take this? Take it. Here's I the baton. What, I, never, I, I never really saw, I knew what you did, but never knew the weight you carried until, uh, until you officially transitioned. I was your right-hand guy yeah. for 15, uh, no, no, close to 20 years. Yeah. 20 sure years, but when you passed that weight, that was a heavier weight than I anticipated. It's a lot different behind that desk. It's like being a parent, you know, you, you get that child child and you think oh this is wonderful and then all of a sudden you start realizing the responsibility and you feel a responsibility for everybody for all of the pastors on staff for the reputation of the community for the difference you make keeping in charge of the mission and it's in many ways it's like herding cats it is. you're always having to fix something and so well, I tell uh, that you what, takes a lot of work I, I didn't realize what all you did until I got fully into it I want to thank you uh, for being the incredible leader that you are and mentor I wouldn't be who I am without you. Uh, and we'll talk about that today as well. Talk about the importance of mentorship. When we talk about transitioning, here's, here's something I want you to know. This relates to everybody. Everybody. Life, if you think about it, is a series of transitions. I mean, you, you transition from elementary school to middle school to high school to college to a young adult to being a parent. Uh, you transition in jobs. Sadly, we transition sometimes when we lose a loved one or something like this. But today, particularly, we're going to talk about trusting God through the transitions when we're talking about if you're hopping out of a job and jumping into another one or if you're getting promoted up and that is a transition or if you're leaving your legacy eventually we're getting older <laughs> so eventually we're going to transition and we've got to leave our legacy our product our values to somebody so we're going to take this our transition but we're also going to take it from the uh the life of elijah and elisha and talk about it so let's just jump right in give you the overall story of elijah you know elijah he's one of the most famous prophets uh in the world um, in ancient, in the ancient history. And Elijah carried the, uh, the assignment that God gave him for a long, long time. Um, he was living in times much like today in America, where we're kind of seeing the shift and the turn, uh, away from godly values. And he saw the nation of God shift and begin to worship, uh, a God named Baal, the fertility God and the storm God. And you know, the, the, the story, he calls down a drought on the nation. They do the showdown of the gods. Elijah proves that Yahweh is the one true God. The people People get it. And the people begin to say the Lord is God. So he thinks his assignment is over. Now he physically runs all the way back to the king and queen, Ahab and Jezebel. And he's thinking that they're going to get on board. And now we've got the nation straight. And my job as a leader is 
complete. But what he doesn't realize is now that Jezebel is going to turn against him and they don't buy into Elijah's uh, vision of God is the true God. And um, what happens is he begins to get so discouraged and he gets so wore out and tired of this strong leader wants to quit. He actually becomes suicidal and he becomes depressed and he goes off into the woods and he leaves his servant and he goes into isolation, which is never a good place to be. And now he's in a spot where he is tired, wore out. An angel comes down, feeds him from uh, heaven. I mean, you talk about angel food cake, that's yeah, straight from that's the source. True. And gives him the power and strength to walk 200 miles uh, to the mountain of God, which is a long way, especially not with Nikes or anything yeah, like that. And he gets there to hear from God. And you know what God's going to tell him? God's going to tell him, Elijah, it's time for you to start training up the next leader. It's time for you to transition. And so let's look at this today. When we look at the life of Elijah, Dad, what do you see the first thing that he uh, do? What what principle can we take out of this when we look at this transition? Yeah, I, I, and I, good lead up too, by the way. And that's and you know it also reminds me of how James said this in his book that that um, Elijah was a man of like passions like us. We have a tendency to think that they were these superheroes, these stars. They didn't feel what we feel or live like we live. They were just as human as us. So the transitions and the pressure and all that that he had is no different than what we have. True. And so it helps us to kind of connect and relate a little bit better. One thing to keep in mind is that everything God ever created, he created to grow and reproduce. If it's not growing and reproducing, it's not of God or it's not healthy. I even say that to pastors all the time about churches. Show me a church that's not growing, I'll show you a church that's not healthy. Everything God created. If you look at a plant, a plant is meant to grow, reproduce. You look at the you know, creatures, animals, or uh, whether in the sea or the sky. Yeah. If a child, if you have a little daughter, her goal or her, her gift in life is to reproduce. If one day she cannot bear a child, you would go to the doctor and say, what's wrong? Because it's right, it's healthy. Everything's meant to grow and reproduce. So we have to look at that. Elijah came to the place, I think, that we all have to. He says, okay, I'm going through this. I want to grow, but I've also got to reproduce because there's another generation with a need and they've got to have a voice from God. So that's what he did. So I think number one would be this. God desires for us to continually raise up leaders and reproduce ourselves. Uh, truth is, is, in the long run, the further you go, you, you don't attract what you want. You attract who you are. Like always finds, you know, like, um, you know, real relates to real, fake finds fake. You can find a thousand ways to be able to say it, but it's true. And so if I'm gonna reproduce myself, I have to first be a leader. I gotta grow as a leader. I've gotta develop myself. And then I've got to see the need to reproduce others because I really care about the mission. If you look at examples in the Bible of those that transitioned, obviously you have, you know, David raised up Solomon. Uh, while David was a warrior and David pioneered and David fought a lot of battles and cleared the path, it was Solomon that came along with wisdom and guidance and strategies and systems and built the nation and built the temple. And so all of those things were, were yin and yang. There were, there were you know, two legs, uh, well, two wings. You both need each other and that's what happened. But he raised up a Solomon. Elijah would raise up Elisha. Mm -hmm. and, and so- The whole I, scripture, if you think about it, is a series of God transitioning one leader to the next leader to the next yeah. leader. Paul, Timothy. Uh, all those. That's right. You're continually moving like that. In fact, when that's what he says in verse 16 of that scripture you was talking about a moment ago. God said, you will anoint Elisha in your place. 
God gave him a word and said, I've already found the next leader and I want you to anoint him. And he knew who he was. Now let me ask you, why do yeah. you think, um, why do you think leaders don't see the value or why do you think they don't reproduce who they are uh, and in failing to do so, they have no one to carry on a legacy and even more important than their legacy, leadership is about others and about um, what, what you can do for others and how you can add value to their life. Yeah. Why do some leaders not see the need to train up others? Is it insecurity? Yes. What, what would it be? So, well, some, I, and I'll, I'll give a benefit to some, I think some don't see the need. Okay. They just get in, they're working so hard, they're all in it. Whether they're in a plumbing company or whether they're in an electrical company or whether they're the CEO of a company or whatever, they may not see the need until they feel the pressure. And when the pressure comes on and it's, they're, they're overwhelmed and exhausted, they start saying, I gotta do something, this is killing me. And if they'd have been raising up leaders all along, if they'd have seen the need that when I come to that place, it'll go on without me, they'd probably be better off. But a lot of times people just don't see the need until they find the problem. Then again, there are people that see the need, but they resist it because it requires giving up control. Wow. There's, a, there's the idea of if I give up control, then I won't be as valued That's or respected so or as important. And they'll also be, what if they meet their needs and they don't like me anymore? Uh, and, and so there's a, there's a little bit of that. I'll give you some examples. When I, when I first became pastor, it, it began to grow. And then I had to start getting people who would visit hospitals and do funerals and weddings and things like that. And, uh, and, and I remember when people would come in, hey, pastor, then they'd go in the counselor's office and they'd come out and they'd say, that's the greatest counselor. We love him. And there was a part of me that initially in the early days would say, do they not need my counsel anymore? And then I'd say, no, 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 they're getting mine every Sunday morning. That's right. But they need that one-on-one -on -one that they're better at gifting than me. And so it, part of that is seeing the need. But then a lot of it is really a high level of insecurity. It's the feeling that I'll be replaced, that I won't be valuable, uh, I won't be noticed or recognized or needed. And so I think that insecurity sometimes is the lid we put on our own life. Instead of expanding and reproducing, it's easier, we think, to control it and keep it low. Make it harder on themselves. But yes, you most know. leaders, I'll be honest with you, here's what I've noticed. Most, most people in that role, if they don't overcome that, they take everything to their level, whatever that level is. I'll give you a quick illustration. Years ago, there was a pastor I knew in this city, and he pastored a church in a growing area, but the church ran 100 people. And all he ever wanted to do was build a large church. He'd come to me at times and, you know, Bill, can you help me? And I would tell him, but he never did it because it meant giving up, reproducing, and he wouldn't do it. He called me one day, wanted me to come speak at a church he had left and gone to in Atlanta, Georgia. Had over a thousand people attending. I went there and I noticed that night I was with him that he hadn't changed. He just sent a resume out, got a church that had a thousand people and they called him. So now he had that big church. Within 18 months, that church of a thousand was now back to 100. The same 100 he'd had before. His lid, his own lid, wherever he went, there he was. And because he didn't grow, didn't change, Everything he touches is going to take it to his level of security. So that's one of the big things. That's why I think it's a leader's job. A, yes. a leader's one of the leader's greatest assignments is to reproduce leaders. We're not really called to reproduce followers. Uh, that's addition. Reproducing yes. leaders is multiplication. So when you talk about uh, God desires for us to continually raise up leaders, I believe that's true. Yeah. I think too when you look at this scripture, you look in verse 16. 
that you got to realize that God is the one choosing the next leader. Uh, not only do we desire it, but he is the one choosing. If you look at verse 16 and 19, it says, He went and he found Elisha and threw the mantle on him and, and basically said, spiritually, you're the next leader. You're the one God's calling. But it was God all along that said, look, you're not alone. Here's the next guy in line and go anoint him. So yeah. God chooses the next. I think um, Elijah had to call out something in Elisha that he didn't see in himself right. um, that God right. saw in him. I know with, with that's what great leaders do. They see something in other people that they may not see in themselves. I think when we talk about even our transitions yeah. personally, um, we get a lot of questions on how did you do it? It went so smooth. If we were just honest, it was God orchestrating was. the whole it thing. Was. I was your right-hand man for 20 yeah. years, and I just had one goal to help my father. I never want to be seen. Uh, I'm not the public guy. I don't want to be in the public light, but I want to make him look good. I want to help the organization. I want to help it get debt-free. I want to hire the right people for him. I, I was very content being the best second-hand man. Yeah. And even when you, and people don't know this, but even when you were interviewing uh, people, yeah to uh to, to you know, succession over, yeah. and to take over um i was totally uh good with hey i'm gonna stick with whoever this is mm -hmm. for the first year or two or, or until they don't need me and i'll tell them where all the landmines are right but i thought my job i never saw god training me yeah. and raising me up but wouldn't you say when i talk about you know the verse 19 says and verse 16 says god shows uh, elisha that really god orchestrates transitions and we have to be alert to that and sometimes it'll be a surprise. I mean, it was a surprise for me. Yeah, it, it, I know. I was looking at two people that had done it year, for years, and I'd talked to two other pastors, and and I interviewed them, and they were eager and wanted to step into that role, but I didn't have the peace. And there's something about them when God showed me it was you. It was just my thoughts at first were, "Are you sure? Uh, you know, really? I've never heard Brent express that he wanted that. Uh, he that doesn't seem to fit." I think you got to be alert to who God is growing around you. And and if you can see who God is growing around you, just be alert. It may not be somebody you would necessarily pick first. It may not be somebody that you were even aware of. It's kind of like David out in the field. And all it's almost the person who's not looking but doing where they're, what they're doing. They're faithful where they are. And then God opens that door and promotes them and puts them in the right place to hear the right voice. When you just, you just talked about that with uh, being alert to it. Yeah. One of the things that I think, too, is a lot of times people are not alert that God is doing something in their lives. Yeah. And so I know for me, I wasn't seeing that that was around the corner. It's like yeah. I had blinders on. And I say that to, to say this to you. Perhaps you're in a job or you're in a place today and um, you're wondering, what am I doing here? What I notice is I look back, everything that I needed uh, for now was being done and trained back then. And so everything I needed for there you know we always look at there was being put in me here and so don't despise the day of small things of little things don't despise where you're at now because god's putting something in you now for something that you will need later he's working a transition in your life you may feel like it's meaning meaningless uh, here is a Elisha that they, they find and he's with the plows and he's plowing. He had no clue that day that Elijah was going to come over and put the spiritual uh, you know, mantle on him and say, you're next. He was just faithfully doing what he was doing where he was at. 
And I would say to a lot of people, man, I wish, you know, they always look so far into tomorrow that they miss today. They miss what God's doing today. And so um, he do, God does choose the next leader. But then I think the third thing is there's always a cost to pay. Uh, when you talk about transition, there's always a cost to pay. It's going to cost Elijah time to train Elisha. It's going to cost Elisha, the trainee, a lot. Uh, Elisha is going to lose his friends. He's going to lose his home. He's going to lose his job, his income. Elisha is going to lose everything. What you see here is the principle that in order to pursue his calling, it cost. He had to lose his comfort in order to step into his calling. And it took a lifetime of training. You see that he, uh, he goes and he shadows him and he burns the plows. Probably one of my favorite scriptures. He burns the plows and I love this. It's a way of saying now that God has called me into this, transitioning me into this next season, I'm going to burn the plows so I can never go back. You see a lot of people that want to hold on to and keep one foot on their past and step into the future, and you can't. You get no traction that way. Elisha burns the plows, burns, it's like, it'd be like burning all your tools if you're a carpenter and burning all that up so that you can never go back. That's what Elisha does, and I love what Tony Robbins says. He says it this way, the best way to get the island, to take the island, is to burn the bridges. Mm -hmm. And so when God calls you, you got to take that leap of, of, of faith, and it costs the trainee, and it costs yeah. you. Yeah, and when you do that, when we talk about like, okay, I, I'll put myself kind of in the Elijah role, and you in the Elisha role, and what, what did you feel when you really were alert to, uh-oh, the ball's in, in my court, it's now me? What, what were some of the emotions you felt? Oh, uh, surprise. Um, but then I started again, I started looking back and thinking, oh my gosh, I never saw it. Yeah. He, the whole time he was teaching me accounting, teaching me, teaching me HR, teaching me the business side of the things. Yeah. You drug me into every, and we'll get into this in a minute, but yeah. drug me into every meeting uh, that you were ever in. And I, I began to think I was being, he tricked me. Yeah. I was being trained the whole yeah. The whole oh, time, but I didn't see it. I felt like yeah. a horse with blinders. Yeah. Watch the movie Secretariat or these horse races. They have blinders on so they don't look to the right or left. Sometimes God does that. He'll put blinders on us because I think if we see where he's taking us, we'll begin to focus so much on that yeah. that we'll miss what we need here. Yeah. Or we may try to put ourselves there before we're ready. Yeah. You know, a lot of people run around passing out resumes and networking and doing everything they can to promote themselves. I've always said God knows where you are. He can find you when he wants to, when he wants to get you. He, he's never saying, where's he at? Where's he at? He knows. Wait on him. Just you, I say do what you can with what you have right where you are. Just pour it all in. God won't leave you where you are and he'll increase what you have. But you got to just be all in right there. That's it. And, and, and I that, think that, when you look at Elisha, that was it. He, yeah. he was, he was, wasn't he the... 12th one in the yeah. in the plow there. Yes. Uh, I mean, he was literally there all in. And then when he goes to follow Elijah, he gets all in. He burns everything and it costs him. We hope you enjoyed the first part of this BP leadership lesson. One great insight from this section is sometimes people don't see the need until they find the problem. And other times people see the need, but they resist it because it requires giving up control. Now, Stay tuned for part two. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.